welcome to More Than Myths. Lucky? Lucky, we know it's lucky. Lucky or unlucky number 13? No, it's our 13th episode. This is amazing. We made it. We made it. We're done. (laughs) No more. No more for you guys. Sorry. 13. That was it. No. Welcome to Haley's. Okay. First. Hi. Welcome. More of the miss. I'm Haley. <laughs> I'm Corinne. Welcome to Haley's birthday episode. Yay. Haley's birthday. Ooh. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I definitely thought that this was not my birthday episode. And I had something different planned for my birthday episode, but this is totally fine. This is perfect. It's fine. It's totally fine. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's my okay. sense of time being wrong. <laughs> okay. It's fine. All it's right. Perfect. Because I definitely cool. don't have my notes done for the other one. So. Oh, all right. Well, that'll that's be fine. next time. That'll be no wait. That'll be next time's next time because I have a two-parter. <gasps> I have a two-parter. Two-parter. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to tell you about it. Ah! Oh, my God. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Welcome to our 13th episode and all of that goodness. Um, We are a podcast for the curious. Yeah, we are. Every week. (laughs) We tell each other. You know, we get together and do some stuff. That's about it. We get together every week and talk about mythology and lore. Some cool stuff. Fairy tales. Fantasy. Heroes. Death. Some scary shit. Death. <laughs> the unlucky number 13. The unlucky number 13. Um, yeah. And share it with you guys. Yeah. So, so welcome. Thanks, thanks for hanging out. Uh, hopefully you guys have a hot cup of coffee or a nice cocktail or anything in between. A baker's dozen of muffins. <laughs> Definitely baker's dozen of muffins. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. So what? Uh, how many books exactly are you reading at the same time? Who are you? Are you me? Have I'm turning bodies? into you, I think. I think I'm turning into you or you've converted me because <laughs> I'm currently reading three books right now. That's amazing. Which is I'm usually a like I focus on one thing and then yeah. move to the next and then the next and then, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not usually juggling three books at once. But yeah, no, I'm reading three books right now. One of them I'm listening to on an audiobook, mm-hmm. and the other two I've been reading on my Kindle app. And I really like it because it just, I just have it on the continuous scroll. Oh. And so there's no pages. And so it feels like I'm reading really quickly. Wow. I didn't, I don't have a Kindle. I am a paper purist. I understand. <laughs> I do like, I do like paper, but it's really nice to, read a book wherever I'm at. I can I just I just read on my phone. Right. I wish that I did that. I because I think I have a paper white and Chris is probably gonna give me a lot of shit about this because he got me a paper white. <laughs> and I think I used it like a handful of times. Yeah. Yeah. I just love having a book in my hands. Yeah. I don't know that I would use a Kindle. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know mm-hmm. that I would mm-hmm. use something specifically to read a book on because I would just grab a book, but yeah. I like that it's the app on my phone. Yeah. So then I can be like, oh, like I was telling you the other day, I would just, I'll just read while I'm in line picking up my kid from daycare. 
Right. You know, it's like yeah. I don't have to grab my book and pull it out. I just have it on my phone, which is super convenient. So nice. So what are you reading? My, so right now I'm I'm still in the whole like King Midas gold plated prisoner or the plated Guild, prisoner right? series. So I'm mm-hmm. on the third book in that series, mm-hmm. which I fucking binged the second one this weekend. I was yeah. just like, ooh, I can't stop reading. <laughs> and then isn't it that ended, nice though? Uh. Yes. And then it ended. And that's what happened with the first one too. I usually can't keep my eyes open when I'm reading at night. And so yeah. I would like, I'll read a half a page and fall asleep. Yeah. But I got to the end of the first book and I stayed up until 1 a.m. to finish. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> so, to my life. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I have to keep going. And so that's what happened with the second book too is like, yeah. it's a really slow burn. Yeah. And then everything kind of like comes to a head at the end of yeah. the books. So, I, but then I had bought, a paperback to bring on my trip with me. Yes. Because I was like, I want to read a book like by the beach or whatever. And mm-hmm. Oh, like, when you're in Mexico. Yeah. And so I'm gotcha. like, I'm going to bring the third book with me. So I was like, I just have to finish the second one before we go <laughs> on our trip. And then I was like at my dad's house this weekend. I didn't have the paper book with me. Oh, and no. I finished the book and I was like, I need to know oh, what no, happens. No. Oh, so I bought it. I bought it for $5 on the Kindle app. <laughs> I couldn't wait. I couldn't, couldn't wait. wait. I understand. So, yeah, I'm reading that one. And then I was suggested from Book Talk. And also oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, a friend at work told me about the love hypothesis. Oh, yeah. Which is essentially, long story short, it's Kylo Ray or Kylo Ren and Ray fan fiction that's been published. Mm-hmm. And it's um, got a lot of traction on Book Talk right now. And gotcha. I love that whole love story in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Don't hate me, but I do. <laughs> and so I would like, I found out about the fact that it was fan fiction and yeah. immediately purchased it on the spot. And so we were driving this weekend, we listened to the audiobook, and I tortured my poor husband by listening to this really <laughs> really kind of gooey romantic <laughs> story he's, he's a like, trooper though he's like i hate this and i was like i'm so <laughs> sorry but thank you for putting up with me so that's one of them and then i'm reading another one of katie roberts books which um this series this one of her series is like um, kind of Disney characters reimagined oh, in right. mm-hmm. some very spicy scenarios. Ooh. So I was just like, oh, I'm in the mood for something, you know, smutty, smutty. Sometimes, <laughs> just, hey, there's nothing just wrong with that. Into that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, I, nice. I'm juggling a couple of things. That sounds great. All I love <laughs> not all fantasy, but all no, a and it's bit a fantasy. nice mix that you've got. Yeah, yeah. It's everybody nice. there's there's a good um there's a good tension between all of the characters like they're all like not saying what they want kind of thing. Sure. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, heroines, can we get I, on it and just I dig it. Talk about our feelings, please. <laughs> please. Please. Can we just can we move the story along, please? Nice. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. What are you reading? I am actually reading a book called Under Wildwood. It's the second book in a series. It's the Wildwood series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a 
like children's book. Oh, um, yeah. And I am not, I don't typically go for young adults or children's books, but this is written by a guy named Colin Malloy. Um, and he's actually a songwriter and singer for the Decemberists. Oh, and right. uh, his, I believe it's his wife. Yeah. Car uh, Carson Ellis. Um, I believe that she does the illustrations. Yes. The illustrations by Carson Ellis, but it's about these two kids that live in the Portland area. And there's a portion of the woods called the impassable woods. And it's full of magic and coyotes that wear costumes and they have swords and these two little kids have to like it's kind of like a coming of age it's fucking brilliant it's actually the books are really good i chris found them at the half price bookstore and we got them because they're they're beautiful books they have they're really, really pretty they are really pretty but i just i kind of needed a break from real life stuff yeah. that i was reading because i was reading some kind of heavy stuff and so i wanted a break and I cannot recommend these books and I, they were actually on the New York Times bestseller list. Mm -hmm. So they, there's three books. Um, I can't remember what the last one's called, but they, I mean, yeah, if you guys need a good escape under Wildwood and Wildwood's the first one. Yeah. I, we have Wildwood. I was telling you that the other day, like we actually have it. My daughter had it and then it's, she was trying to get rid of it. I was like, this is too pretty. Don't get rid of it. Yeah. We're going to just put this in our bookshelf. And so yes. now I know that I have it. So I definitely will read it. Yeah. They're great. It's, it's, and they're easy reads. I mean, they're, it's not like, it's not like little kid books. There's some yeah. stuff in it that's surprises me that's yeah it's in a little kid book but like yeah. a children's I should I say little kid it's a children's book it's probably I don't know middle school yeah 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 I'd say but yeah. yeah it's good I know I'm actually trying to get my kids into reading and I don't think they'll listen to this so I'm gonna spoil some of their Christmas presents um no but I found this again on book talk <laughs> But I found this one that was like, do you want your kids to be nerdy and not want to play sports? Start them off on like D&D &D very young. Yeah. <laughs> and it, he like was talking about this book that kind of gives like intro to what D&D &D is. Cool. And so anyway, now that you guys are all abreast of what we're reading. <laughs> yeah. Just catching you guys up on what's happening on our nightstands. Yeah. Oh, my God. You should see my nightstand. I should actually post a picture of it. Please. <laughs> It's She's going to post a picture of it. It's not a nightstand. It's a fucking library cart. <laughs> well, I have a library cart, but then I also have books on my nightstand. Oh. Get they, it right. don't, they don't fit on her nightstand, so she they has a cart also next to her bed full of books. Well, yeah, it's my book cart. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't try to deny that you're just jealous about my book cart. Actually, I was just kind of thinking, I was like, hmm. Yeah, I need a book cart. <laughs> should get it from Michaels. That's where I got mine. They do a sale all the time. Not sponsored or affiliated, but check just it saying. out. Just, just say it. Just and it's rose gold, Corinne. Uh, Fucking adorable. I feel like I could probably find one that would fit my aesthetic, and I would be very, very pleased about it. But then I need to fill it with books, so then it's like a win-win. I can help you. A win-win. We could go thrift book shopping. <sighs> There's a half price books downtown Redmond. Oh, all right. That's enough. Yeah, talk about I know. Books. God, <laughs> sorry, guys. We're not a book podcast, but you know, fantasy, books. mythology, books. It's 
Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> okay, Haley, you said for your birthday, because I asked Haley a few weeks ago, I was like, for your birthday episode, do you want to pick something for me to cover? Do you want to, you know, cover the same thing? Like, what do you want to do for your 13th or for the 13th episode for your birthday? And she was like, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. And then she sent me a text later. She's like, okay, I've decided. I want you to do something terrifying. <laughs> of course. <laughs> terrifying for the episode. And I was like, okay, cool. Great. <laughs> Super. So excited. And so I started my research. I was working on some just winter mythology kind of thing was what I was focusing on before we even had that conversation. And so – I started on one that I'm going to come back to actually probably early January because it was cool, but it wasn't scary enough. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, (laughs) we'll come back to this one. Um, Yeah. So anyway, I found the topic I'm going to cover today. And it's not so much scary as it is just gross. (laughs) So today, Haley, for your birthday episode, we're going to be talking about the Nekalavi. A what? It is an Orkney folklore. Okay. Um, So that Orkney is in the Scottish Isles. And it translates to devil of the sea. What? (gasps) And it's gross? Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's gross. Um, So it gets its name, Neogul, which means a water spirit in the form of a horse. Oh, okay. It's considered the most malevolent of the Scottish folklore. A horse. A fish horse. A (laughs) seahorse. Sorry, I'll shut up. I know. You're... You're not wrong, <laughs> but it gets it gets so much worse. Okay, I'm gonna tell you what it looks like in a minute. But okay. it's said to live at the bottom of the sea. Okay, and it's held captive in the depths by mither of Odyssey or mother, which is mither is Orkney for mother. Okay, she is essentially their summer goddess. Um, she brings life, warmth, and harvest and keeps the Nuklavi in the depths away from humanity through the summer and spring or spring okay. and summer. And then as she loses some of her strength and their seasonal shift between winter and summer is called it's the it's called a battle between her and Tehran. Um and Tehran is the winter. So he's okay. the like I don't know if he's the right expression, but he's the god of winter, essentially. Okay. Um, He sends wild waves, high winds, death of the vegetation to the land. So the season shift, but yeah, they've personified it. Violent. Yeah. Um, So she battles. They battle every solstice. Holy cow. For control. 
And so by the end of her battle with Tehran, she's can't keep the necklace in the depths anymore. Yeah. She's no longer able to hold him down. Ooh, that just gave me the chance. <laughs> Double gooseies. <laughs> Double gooseies. So she can keep him restrained while she's strong, but as the season shifts, she can no longer hold him down and she has to retreat and gather her strength for when she needs to come back in the spring. Yeah. So they take a different shape in the water, but no surviving tales have told of the shape that it takes. So nobody knows what it looks like when it's in the sea. Yikes. But it comes on land. When it comes on land. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. They're strongly built and very tough. Okay. It's a horse about six feet tall. Okay. Full horse body. Mm -hmm. The horse has one flaming red eye and a wide mouth. <laughs> That opens like a whale. Gross. So really, really wide Ew. and the dro jaw drops. Oh, <laughs> <Whoa>, gross. <laughs> In the middle of its back is the torso and upper body of a man. <gasps> Just like hanging out of its out of its back? Up out of the center of its back. So where a centaur would have the upper body of a man and the lower body of a horse there's a full horse with a man halfway coming out of its back the man the whole of the beast is about nine feet tall holy so shit it's massive it's a big horse the man <laughs> has arms that almost reach the ground So like eight foot long arms. That's terrifying. <laughs> Gross. Like extra legs. And the best way to describe the upper body is like the almost like there's no bones. Like it's, it's really. Like oh, gross. <laughs> I don't know about like the spine. I feel like there's a spine, but like it's said that its head has no neck and shifts from one side to another but bounces Ew. as the horse runs and so its arms kind of flop and its head flops as it gallops <laughs> and that's it right that's the end of your story excellent <laughs> that's so scary no <laughs> Should I look up a picture of this? No, because I haven't gotten to the best part. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. The horse um, also has fins like a fish attached to its legs. So when it, it can gallop on land, but in water, it would be able to swim maybe. Okay. Um, like on the back of its legs. Sure. Okay. Okay. <sighs> The whole surface of both the man and the horse are the same. So they, it's, one whole, it's thing. one whole thing. The whole surface was raw and living flesh. Exposed muscles that can be seen 
and you can watch as the creature moves as the muscles contract and release and you can see all the sinew and tissue where the muscles attach to bone there's no skin Ew. you can see it's black blood <gasps> pulse through its Ew. yellow its yellow veins <laughs> who in the fuck made this up like what the fuck what the fuck wow that is bananas so they're known for this horrifying, holy shit horrifying that's terrifying creature. creating this image in my mind that's scary yeah now i want you to look up a picture and see if that's what like you are picturing <laughs> my ringtone for you for the rest of time oh my god that's horrifying black this what? is why i called you when i was doing the research and i just was gagging <laughs> i was wow. like i can't tell you what i'm doing but blah. holy shit yucky so yeah wow. he's cons it, it's and it they do refer to it as him so okay. I believe there's just one. Oh, okay. Um, no, well, thank God like for that. Multiple, but he's the devil of the sea and yeah. the most malevolent creature wow, okay. in Scottish folklore. I gotta go folklore. back because it scared me. I have to see its <laughs> fish legs. Dude, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's super creepy. Um, and the arms, like, what the fuck is with the, the arms? arms? The, the arms is the what gets me. It's the... Mm -mm. Mm -mm. The arms gets me, and the jelly neck. And the jelly like neck. they just and they the arms just wiggle. Oh, that is terrifying. Yeah, there's a picture of it, and it only has one eye, but the like man, the man torso in the back is like laid back, like he doesn't have any bones in his like, body, but it's like, yeah. And I the pictures I saw didn't really show like any facial features either. It's like. It's just a muscly, bloody. Is kind of the thing that has the eye and you know the it, eye mate. in the center. Yeah, like a great. Unic. This is great, <laughs> just great. Happy wow. birthday to me. Nightmares for days. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, so it's only active in winter for reasons we've already talked about oh, this season we're in at least i'm landlocked <laughs> yeah we're not in the uh, the scottish isles so i think <laughs> we're okay um but they it is said that it's if they do say knuckle v over there i don't know if this is current but that it would be whispered and there they would say a prayer after it because he is considered satanic or de demonic yeah um in nature so they don't fuck with it it, you have to be very careful with yes drawing its attention and yeah yuck um so its breath is said to be toxic and Ooh. it is said to bring plague to humans oh gross and kill and wither crops so 
again, the personification of the things that winter brings. Yeah. Right? Sickness. Sickness and death. Yeah. And no harvest. Mither of the sea is gone. You know, everything good leaves. And so – Holy cow. That's kind of where these stories are said to have their origin is like explanation for these terrible things. Again, weird. Oh, my God. But there's a story – about Tamis being chased by the creature. And this is said to be a true story. But Tamis was out in the wilderness or along the shore and noticed something following him. And so he decided that he wasn't going to die with his back turned because he he figured out what it was. Oh, no. He wasn't going to die with his back turned, and he decided to confront it. And this is where it explains the long arms, the jiggly neck, the fiery <laughs> red-eyed horse, you know, like the muscles, the black vein, their black blood. Blah, blah, blah. And he changes his mind and decides <laughs> he's, he's nope. going to – he's like, I think that I have a shot here. So I'm going to just try and outrun it. So he runs. Holy um shit. With that being said, there are two ways. I'm going to kind of jump in between the story. There are two ways to either keep the creature away from you or to have it give up. And that is to burn sea kelp. Okay. He, he doesn't like, I don't know if that's because he doesn't like smoke. Mm. Um, and it the smoke drives him away. So mm-hmm. specifically, keep sea kelp, which I guess is what they use for fertilizer in their crops. So it's like the thing that helps bring life. Mm. Yeah, right? no, that makes sense. So, um, and then since he is a creature of the sea, he cannot be near fresh water. Oh, okay. So Tamis. Figures out what it is, decides that he's going to try to make a break for the river. So he runs as he's being chased through the forest. Oh, my God. And manages at the last moment to, before being grabbed, <gasps> to jump With across. Fucking <laughs> arms. It gets him? Nope. He manages oh. to make it across the river and oh live God. to tell the tale, which Holy. is why it's considered... To be like a true, you know, encounter with the Nuklavi. So <sighs> if you ever run across one, oh my God, find fresh water. Yeah, always have a water bottle with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. Is like, just be ready. Also, because of its distaste for fresh water, it also can't, it's confined to the sea when it's raining. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So, or just go on your your stroll when it's raining. Be at home when it's not raining. Yeah, safe. <laughs> Around a freshwater moat. Yeah. I also tried to look up like, okay, what happens if you do get caught? So if anybody knows this, you'll have to send it in to us because I couldn't find anything of like stories of being captured by it. Like, I don't like, does it eat you or do you, you just die, die from sickness or, you know. I didn't, it didn't really have any, I didn't find any stories on what happens if you get captured by a Nuklavi that drags you down to the sea. (gasps) 
I don't know. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my very quick rendition, I guess. Horror. Now I'm glad it was quick because that's fucking scary. Yeah. Wow. You're welcome. Happy birthday to me. Happy Holy birthday. Holy shit, man. I've never heard of that terrifying thing before. Yeah. Yep, yeah, me either. Before I found it and then was like, do I? I hate this. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Yikes. There's so much to unpack. I know. In my brain. I know. It's just so yucky. It is so yucky. Oh, my gosh. The wiggliness. That's the, just the. And that picture that I saw and like his arms are like thrown back and his back's like unnaturally curved. Oh, yeah. Lord. It's just like very little bones. It's the best way to describe it, I think, is just like it just. Ugh. And I think our Instagram deck, we might just have one picture. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, go ahead. And, you are welcome to, yeah. to go Google that for your own selves. Mm. Blech. Blech. Ugh. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
Sarah would marry 25-year-old William Winchester. Uh-huh. They were married on September 30th, 1862, which actually was in the height of the Civil War. And that was from 61 to 65. Okay. Everything was perfect for two years. Even though they had an arranged marriage, their fathers decided that they should get married. Uh, they were really happy. They really, they fell in love. They were really happy together. But tragedy. It's like mm. tragedy on tragedy. So much tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 1864, William's older sister, Annie, died after giving birth to her third child. In July of 1866, Sarah has a baby that they named Annie after William's sister, but the baby dies a month later. And mm. this is just devastating to Sarah. She becomes even more reclusive. She It was said that she had a lot of social anxiety. Um, she was uh, kind of self-conscious about okay. herself. Um, so she just stayed at home. She didn't really have any friends. Probably beyond her family or mom, dad. I, I don't know how anyone no. could possibly do life Yeah. after. I mean, I know there are people that are. And I, I'm just, it's just the most heartbreaking thing. Very, yeah, it's so sad. Um, So William, at this point, is running his father's clothing company. And he's also managing his father's share in the Volcanic Repeating Arms Company. And he's kind of away from home a lot. And the company, the Volcanic Repeating Arms Company, isn't doing very well financially. They're actually going bankrupt. So the Winchesters step in and they buy the company. They hire a guy named Benjamin Henry and he creates a hybrid of the classic rifle and the repeating revolver. And the first repeating rifle was born. Okay. Yeah, it would be known as the Winchester 73. And eventually it would be known as the gun that won the West. Mm. The rifle could fire 15 rounds in under 15 seconds. And at this point in time, there was nothing like it on the market. I mean, it was one of a kind. Right. But it had some issues. The magazine would rust and it would cause jamming. So the government actually only purchased 2,000 rifles. Like they had these big plans. They were going to sell a whole bunch of rifles to the government. Didn't quite work out that, that way. So they turned global sales and William actually had to travel overseas and was gone from home a lot to try to push sales. And um, while he was gone, Sarah became more and more distant, you know, wasn't leaving the house, became more reclusive. But when they were together, they were really supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. So when Sarah's father passed away, William was right by her side and she was always really supportive of him, all of the work that he was doing all the time that he was away from home. She was always really encouraging. She wasn't bitter about it. You know, she understood that this is what needed to be done. So they were actually the Winchester. So when he, they purchased it, they renamed it to their family name as the Winchester Rifle Company mm-hmm. and it's doing really well. Um, and they were doing so well that they decided to open a branch in San Francisco to oversee sales on the West coast. Mm-hmm. So by 1880, the Winchester repeating rifle company was worth $3 million at that time, which in today's money, would be about $81 million. Wow, nice. Yeah. But Sarah and William don't catch any breaks. Like, yes, they're doing well financially. 
In May of 1880, her mother dies. In December of that same year, William's father dies. Mm-hmm. Um, so William actually inherits his father's companies, the money, all of that. But then in March of 1881, William dies of tuberculosis at the age of 43. It's so, it's so heartbreaking. All of that death in such a short amount of time. Like I don't, Mm. I can't even imagine. She inherits all of William's money, um, which is about 20 million. Yeah. And a little over 50% of the Winchester Rifle Company. And every every day, she makes about $27,000 by today's standard. I think back in the day, it was $1,000 a day. But by today's standards, every single day, she's making $27,000. I can't, I can't even imagine. No. Yeah. No. no. I don't even know how much that comes out to a year or even a month, even a week. A lot. A lot of money. A she's, lot of money. She's fine. She's doing really well financially. Yeah. So she decides to actually leave and she spends three years traveling Europe and she ends up studying architecture all over in France, England. Ireland all over. Mm -hmm. And in 1884, she has to return home due to her older sister dying. Oh, again. Again. Yep. So she turned to the help of a medium at that time. That was really for her. Like it was really popular to have seances to try to reach loved ones. Mm -hmm. Mediums were really popular at that time. Um, And it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, her husband's died, her mom's died. Um, So she was probably really struggling with that. And um, so she reached out to this medium named Adam Coons, supposedly. And he had a message for her. Adam tells her that her husband has a message. She should leave Connecticut and go west because their family has a curse placed on them by all of the people that were killed by the Winchester rifle. And if she wants to live, she needs to build a house that can appease these spirits. And he told her that if the construction of this house ever stopped, Sarah would meet her own unfortunate death. I don't know if maybe this guy had somebody in his family that, you know, had been killed by a Winchester rifle and was just bitter you know it yeah maybe a little column a column b who knows so shortly after this sarah packs up all of her belongings and moves out to what's now san jose california so it's 1886 she's 47 at this point and she meets a guy named edward rambo who's an agent in the san francisco branch of the winchester rifle company she goes out to his estate and she falls in love with his house Mm-hmm. And he tells her, like, hey, my neighbor down the road, Robert Caldwell, is actually selling his house. So if you're interested, I can set up a meeting. So they meet. She falls in love with this house, which is an eight-bedroom, one-story farmhouse. Mm-hmm. It's on 45 acres for today, which would be about $350,000. I couldn't find anywhere what she bought it for then. <clears throat> Probably not that much. Probably a couple thousand dollars, honestly. Yeah. So immediately, she hires two architects, 
and she's giving them ideas and she's saying, hey, I want to try this. Hey, I want to do this. And every single idea she gives them, they're like, no, we're not going to do that. No, we're not doing that. She's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Fires them and decides to just do it herself. She hires a crew of contractors and carpenters and they get to work. Yep. So there are people that say until the day she died, 38 years later, there was an unstopped construction on the house 24-7, 365 days a year. It never stopped. They worked in shifts. I don't think that's ab- that's not true. That's I'm going to debunk that right now because you'll find out later. I'm going to tell you about something that happens in the house. So it happens to the house. Yeah. And construction stops. I mean, it it probably keeps going, but it's not it's not like it was in the beginning, right? <clears throat> so it was kind of sensationalized because she was a recluse. Extreme. I I think at this point she was either I can't remember exactly what I saw, but she was either one of the wealthiest women. I know for sure she was one of the wealthiest women in the United States, but also perhaps in the world at yeah. this point. People that probably wrote about her felt snubbed. Probably because she wouldn't, she never gave interviews. She was very shy. She was very, had a lot of social anxiety. Yeah. Um, But they, on this house, they start to work on a second floor immediately. She wants to build apartments for her family when they come and visit her. She took a lot of ideas from the construction and architecture that she studied while she was abroad on her three-year trip. So from 1890 to 1900, this single-story house was converted into a Victorian mansion that was seven stories tall. (laughs) What? Yeah. Ten years. It's crazy. She adds a Venetian dining room, a conservatory, a carriage room. So when her horse pulls up, she doesn't have to get out if it's raining in the rain. Um, A A fancy garage. A fancy garage, yeah. Nice. Um, stained glass windows, um, a grand ballroom, which cost $9,000, which people didn't even make $9,000 in like three years back then. I mean, right. it's crazy. She had a lot of conveniences installed too, really modern. Like she, her family was really like forward thinking. So mm-hmm. she kind of carried that into her construction. She had steam and forced air heating, indoor toilets and plumbing. Um, she had push, push button gas lights, which is really cool. And every room was designed piece by piece. So, you know, she wasn't an architect. She, there wasn't really any design or rhyme or reason supposedly to her. Right. You know, if she wanted something built, she had the money to do it and was like, you know, we're going to build this room now. It's like, we're going to build this room on top of this. You know, I mean, yeah, it's just wild. So in 1888, her favorite niece, Marion, also nicknamed Daisy, moved in with her and she would live with her for the next 15 years. But the majority of the people in the house were in her employ. She had 18 servants, 20 gardeners, and the crew of construction workers that would work in the house. She was also said to be really generous. Um, She hired people from all over the world. It didn't matter. Um, She would also pay them a much higher wage than any of the other employers in the area. It was also said that she might have paid for a few of their houses mm-hmm. so that they could be closer to work. I mean, she was very kind. She was very generous. Always wanted to make sure that the people that were working for her had more than enough. 
So the mansion would ultimately reach 24,000 square feet. It has <laughs> has 10,000 lights, 2,000 doors, and 160 different rooms. Of those 160, there are 40 bedrooms, 52 skylights. Some of them are in the floor between floors. Yeah. <laughs> there are three elevators, two basements, and a quote-unquote seance room. I just looked up a picture <clears throat> of like the aerial view of it. Yeah, it's wild. It looks like a mall or yeah. a compound, you know, mm -hmm. like. It's a labyrinth. It's it's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. The, the whole house took 20,000 gallons of paint. And she didn't, the particular wood that they used, she didn't like how it looked. So they used an overlay and paint on all of the, on the entire house. Like no expense was spared. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You guys just look at the aerial views on it because it's just. Yeah, we'll have some everything cool is on little and too. big. It, mm -hmm. It's all different yeah. shapes and sizes and yeah. layout, and oh, mm -hmm. it's just wild. Yeah. So there were um, forty-seven stair staircases, forty-seven fireplaces, but some of them didn't. The chimney didn't go all the way out of the ceiling, so there are only seventeen chimneys, like chimneys, like we know a chimney. Yeah. Yeah. There's six kitchens, thirteen bathrooms. But only one shower. <laughs> Stop. There's only one shower? There's only one shower in the whole house. For 160 rooms. Yep. Different rooms. So that's that's just rooms total. So there's all the kitchens. Yeah. The carriage right. house. The ballroom. Right. I'm sure she probably had a library in there somewhere. So <sighs> she was really fond of the number 13. Lucky number 13. <gasps> Shopping. And the number seven and eleven were also very prominent, but it thirteen is really what we see a lot of. So um, staircases have thirteen steps. Um, there are thirteen steps leading up to the thirteenth bathroom. There are thirteen windows in the bathroom. In some of the closets, you'll find thirteen hooks. Some of the chandeliers only have thirteen lights. Um, mm. there's a, she actually designed a window and in it, there are 13 blue stones and 13 amber stones. There are 13 panels in the entrance hallway. There are hidden passages, spy holes, secret rooms. It was said that she spied on her servants. I don't know if that's really true. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. Um, there were trap doors, staircases that would lead to nothing. They just go up to the ceiling and that's it. I just saw that picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's like creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Windows that would look into other rooms. There are places that you could walk around windows, um, doors that would open into nothing or walls that would open doors that would open into walls. Some windows look out into nothing like, yeah. Um, there are skylights between floors. There are small doors like little tiny doors that lead into mm -hmm. huge spaces. And there are huge doors that lead into tiny spaces. Um, on the second floor, there's a door that just opens to the outside of the house that's called the door to nowhere. I saw that too. Mm -hmm. So it was, the house was built um, on a floating foundation. And in 
On April 18th, 1906, there was a 7.9 earthquake that hit San Francisco. And the only reason the house survived is because she had it built on this foundation. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So more than 700 people died in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was. <laughs> she was something else. So more than 700 people died and more than 225,000 people didn't have homes in the San Francisco area. Wow. Yeah. So this earthquake caused the seventh story of her house to collapse. The it, There was a tower. She had a tower built on the seventh floor and that totally, completely collapsed. Um, the fifth and sixth stories collapsed down onto the fourth floor. And so every night she would sleep in a different room. She'd just pick a different room and sleep in that room. And oh, it, that. they couldn't find her. They didn't know where, what room she was oh, in. No. So they had to dig her out. She was found in the daisy room and they had to dig her out. So after the earthquake, she decided it probably wasn't such a great idea to build the house so high. <laughs> so she decided to kind of. I was going to say, it doesn't wasn't, look like it's seven mm, stories now, right? No, not anymore. Okay. Mm-mm. Yeah, she she nixed that. But it is interesting because the number seven was very important to her and she had seven floors. Floors, yeah. So she decided it wasn't a good idea. And she actually moved out for a while while the house was like the rubble and stuff was being cleaned up. And she lived on a houseboat for quite a while. And I think people huh. called it Sarah's Ark. Um, she, it was said that she had a really, she had a fear of another great flood happening, like in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, it's people of her social standing. It was very common for them to have houseboats. It was kind of the trendy thing for them to have houseboats and yachts. And so she, you know, she was just keeping with the times. She got all that money. (laughs) So much money. Yeah. Might as well have a houseboat. Might as well have a houseboat. Yeah. So after the earthquake, she didn't live. I don't believe she actually lived in the house. I think she stayed. Like she might have spent the night a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but she would visit every single day. Yeah. Um, so anyone that visits the house will realize how much money she put into the house. Because, I mean, it wasn't only this huge mansion, but she had gold and silver chandeliers, hand inlaid parquet floorings. It was said that some of the glass windows were created by Tiffany. Some of them were created by Louis Comfort Tiffany himself. (laughs) Like like Tiffany's and Co. Like Tiffany? Right. Like Tiffany and Co. Like Tiffany Glass Company. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Okay. Special ones made by the founder. Ladies got many. I mean, why not? I mean, if you have many and this is your your deal, this is what you want to do. You know, kids. By all means. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's just her niece that lives with her at this point. So there are rumors floating around that she would have daily seances with local mediums. And this was to try to reach good spirits on how to consult, how to best appease them. But again, there is zero proof of that Mm -hmm. ever happening. So she died on September 5th, 1922 of congestive heart failure in the mansion and most of her belongings and fortune was left to her niece. It was also split um, split up amongst charities and things like that, but there wasn't a single thing in her will about the house and her will, by the way, fun fact, it was sectioned into 13 parts and she signed it 13 times, 
when her construction crew found out about her death, they stopped work immediately. And there are places in the house that you can see where the nails are only half driven into the wood. <sighs> yeah, it's crazy. None of the people in her employ or in her family ever spoke out about her being terrified of death or of the curse that was supposedly on her family or of the house being haunted. But the house was appraised and it was deemed actually worthless because of all of the illogical designs and the damage from the earthquake. Like it was pretty significant damage that happened to this house. So you can, yeah. I think you can still actually see some of the damage that happened to it today. Um, so Marion took everything out of the house and had everything auctioned off. Um, and it's claimed that to remove everything from the house, it took six weeks with them working eight hours a day, which it does make sense if it's a 24,000 square foot house with paintings and knickknacks and rugs and couches and, you know, all the stuff that goes yeah. in a house. I mean, it's really possible that it took that long. So the house is emptied and it's vacant and it was appraised, said to have little or no value and was in a bad state of repairs. So it goes up for auction in 1922 and was bought for $135,000. That's it. What? Uh, a few months after. Yeah, a few months after. That's it. That's $135,000. You can't even buy a house now for that. 24,000 square house for $135,000. So it was leased to a man named John Brown, who was an amusement park worker, and he designed roller coasters. And him and his wife, uh, Mamie, uh, they really leaned into the stories about the house being haunted and that Sarah Winchester was cursed. And she built the house to confuse the ghost so that they she, they couldn't find her and kill her and that they these spirits and ghosts and Sarah Winchester herself is still walking around the house wandering around the house so in 1974 the Winchester Mystery House became an official historical landmark in 1975 a secret locked room was found and inside there were two chairs a phonograph and a phonograph in 2016 a secret attic was discovered uh, inside, there was a pump organ, a Victoria-era couch, a dress form, a sewing machine, and some paintings. <sighs> so in recent, I know, wouldn't that be so cool to find some crazy secret attic? Like, what treasures you would find in there? Like, maybe she picked those paintings out herself. You know, yes, maybe she used that sewing machine. Like, yes, can't. but no. So cool. Yes, but also, but no. maybe a little no. Yeah, yeah. little column A, little column fuck no. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so in recent pop culture helen mirren starred in winchester as sarah winchester and i most of the filming actually took place inside of the house that's so crazy cool. yeah mm -hmm. it's a it's a good flick so we don't really know too much about sarah winchester she didn't keep any journals um, she never gave a single interview, and after she died, not a single person in her employ or in her family was ever willing to come forward and talk about her. The only thing we have is the legacy of her home, and so next time, I'm going to tell you more about if the house is actually haunted or if Sarah Winchester was part of a secret society. <gasps> secret society? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's next time, part two. Damn, I was like, where is this going to end? Like, I was like, is there, there's a part two? Like, what? There's a part two, I know. 
Yeah. I know. Cool. It's really cool. I'm really excited about the next time, but that's, you gotta wait. You're gonna have you to wait. wait. Come back needles. next week. <laughs> I know. I mean, I would just like be ready if I had my topic <laughs> for next week ready. We'd just keep going. We could just keep I going. Have to wait. <laughs> Sorry, you gotta wait. <laughs> gotta wait. That's all right. Uh, that was who's the spooky suspenseful. Um, yeah, that house is crazy. Mm-hmm. I definitely would like to go see it in full daylight. Agreed. A hundred percent well mm-hmm. lit, you know, yeah, and with after, some after... crystals in my pocket and mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> like a little protection spells. Just a little protection spell, and then I'll be yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We'll get into cool. it next time if it's really haunted or something Maybe. else going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh how awesome. Okay. Well, you guys, thank you for tuning in today and listening to uh Haley's birthday episode. Everybody <laughs> shout out to Haley on our Instagram or our Twitter. Happy oh, birthday. Thanks. Um she, again, you can check out our social media by searching more than myths on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, also, if you heard anything in this episode or any of our other episodes that you know a little bit more about, or that you think we should correct in our next mistakes episode, <laughs> let us know by sending us an email at more than myths podcast at gmail.com. And, um, we'll get that added for you. Also, if you just want to say hi, send us, an we'd email. love to hear from you. Send yeah. us a DM. We're happy to hear from you all. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to hear something in particular, send mm. us send it to us. As long as it's not scary, flappy horse guy. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. But you asked for it. I did ask for it. So I mean you delivered. Bravo. Thank you. Thank Scared you. the pants off me. Like floppy horse guy. Name of the episode. Floppy horse guy. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah. Make sure you follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google. Leave us a review. That would really help us out. Um, that would be really great. Yes. Um, and as always, tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your mom. Tell your mother. Until next time, stay curious. Bye. Bye.